before I pray for us, I want to uh, selfishly ask you for something for me and our staff. I want to ask all of you the, as much as you can, and you can never do this too much, is whenever we come into your mind for whatever reason that you would pray for us, that you would pray for me, my family, the pastors, the staff, and our families as we're in the battle. Someone said to me, I say, how come you don't ask us that? And I said, well, I don't know. I says, well, I'm going to ask. So I'm going to ask that you pray for us. And you, even if it's, Lord, I don't know what to pray, just bless them, that's good. God, God will take it from there. Uh, but if you're, if you're a prayer and you, you can go in deep, go in deep for us because we're fighting. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for uh, blessing us. And I pray you challenge us today. I pray you speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you are new, every Sunday, right, at this time, I'm going to ask you to take out your lesson plan and you're going to speak life to somebody. But here's what I want to tell you about this one. This uh, declaration, you're going to take out your lesson plan at the top of it says, may I speak life over you. Uh, we want to thank you for your generosity for making that video happen and all the ministry in this church. So uh, you are going to be thanked by as you speak to each other. You're going to thank each other and acknowledge you for your generosity and your giving and your time and your finances, whatever it is. So just take a minute, speak life over each other and encourage each other. God wants to say thank you to you. Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. I thank you for all the people on all our campuses. I thank you for the generosity. Thank you for making church happen. And I pray you bless us and encourage us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at the person next to you and say, God says thank you. Amen. You may be take a seat. How's everybody doing today? Let's get our Bibles out. Let's get our Bibles out. We want to welcome all our campuses, East County, San Marcos, City Heights, San Isidro, and all the microsites. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. On the count of three, if you can lift your Bibles up, on the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and you can also get out of your bulletin this little all-in pamphlet. We're going to refer to that in a few minutes, this little all-in, just get that. We'll talk about that later. And in every campus, there is an all-in wall that you can write in your 
stories of what God has done in your life over the last couple of years. Um, I want to bring context to the video you all just saw. Because 17 and a half plus years ago, we started out this church and we only had a vision for one campus. Uh, here in Point Loma, this building was not on our radar. Uh, it, we started at San Diego State. Uh, we were there five years. And in those five years, we only had San Diego State Montezuma Hall building uh, on Sunday, and we only had it 46 or so Sundays a year. So 33 times in our first five years, we moved. We were at hotels, we were inside, outside, we were in the rain. It was, it was, it was amazing. We were at Golden Hall, we were at the ta uh, Town and Country, we were at the Marriott, the Mission Valley Marriott. We were all over San Diego because we couldn't use the building. And so we said we got to get a building, and less than a year later, we found this building in Point Loma. It took six and a half years to move in here. And so in those five years, we moved 33 times, and the people of that congregation invested in our first move, which was to a place in Ruffin Road, right up the street from the stadium. We were there for two years. That congregation invested in this building here and for us to be here in Point Loma. And then we started to think about expanding and putting congregations around San Diego for the purpose of ministering to different communities. We didn't want to just be a place where people just came and listened to a sermon and went home. We wanted to minister to different communities. So we wanted to put churches around San Diego and so the people in that community could serve that community. So we planted a church in North County, which is now San Marcos. Then we plant, then, then Point Loma and San Marcos invested in a campus in East County. Then East County, San Marcos, and Point Loma invested in San Isidro, which they meet at a high school. They only have it on Sunday. And then San, San Isidro, East County, San Marcos, and Point Loma invested in City Heights and all those ministries. And then we're also investing in microsites all over San Diego in different places. And so every time we got a congregation, every time we got a new place, all the existing congregations invested in another one. And so as I told you last week, if you were here, in two weeks we are going to end our two-year all-in campaign. Everybody say all-in. And the only campaign was two years ago, people said, we're going to make a two-year investment in the ministry. We've been expanding and people have been getting saved. We had over half a million people saved in the last 12 months online, about 20,000 people on our campuses. We did four Toys for Joy last year, over 20,000 people we served, gave toys to all those kids, bags of food to everybody, and ministry is expanding. And so every year, every year, for the last two years, people have invested and that two years ends this month. And so in two weeks, we're going to take an all-in offering. And that offering is over and above the regular tithes. This goes into ministry expansion. And it goes into many things, one of which is a campus in San Isidro. We would like to get a campus for San Isidro. Right now, the, the congregation down there is screaming right now because they're like, we want a campus. Because every day they set up, break down on Sunday. They get there 4.30 in the morning and some are there until 9 o'clock at night. Can I get an amen? You all understand what I'm saying? And so we, we want to invest in them. And we're going to bring out the campus pastor here in a minute. But I want to give you context to what we're going to do here in two weeks is to take an offering for certain things like that. As a matter of fact, if you can get this out, I'm going to read something to you, but just get this, this brochure out real quick. And I want to just give you a highlight because it's very important to understand the context of what, why we're doing this. If you open this pamphlet, open it up, it says, as kingdom warriors, God calls us to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's Acts 1.8. And so what we want to do is we want to invest in our home. And again, this is over the next year, 
over and above our giving. We would love to collect that much money for, uh, to invest in the San Ysidro campus and microsites. We also want to invest in our, in our community, Toys for Joy, Outreach Ministries, Rocket City events. We want to invest, continue to invest in our city. And then around the world, digital evangelism, online campus, Haiti. We feed over 1,000 kids a day right now in Haiti. Amen. Can I get amen? And then Mexico, Uganda, and India, and, other, and there are so many other things we could put down there. But that's what the offering is going to go to. And what we want to do is not only make it clear to you what it's going for, but we want you to pray because we want you to feel like God has led me to, believe, led me to do this, that you feel no obligation. This passage I'm going to read about is exactly what Paul was talking about. The Apostle Paul, whose name was Saul, everyone say Paul, Saul. say Saul. His name was Saul, and he was a Jewish rabbi, and he was persecuting Jew, uh, uh, Christians. He would arrest them. He would oversee their torture. He would oversee their death. He was overseeing Stephen, the first martyr. He was overseeing his stoning. And while he was on his horse, while Saul was on his horse going to Damascus, the Lord appeared to him and threw him to the ground and said, why are you persecuting me? You're not persecuting my people. By the way, when you persecute, persecute Christians, you're persecuting Jesus himself. When you talk behind Christians' back, you're talking behind Jesus' back. He said, Paul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul received the Lord, was filled with the Holy Spirit at that time, and then he started preaching the gospel. He planted churches all over the world, and he wrote just about half the Bible, and he became the most prominent Christian ever. And one of the churches that he planted was Corinthians. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians today, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And, one of the, and when he planted that church and planted these churches, he would visit them and encourage them and challenge them. And he would write letters to them based on what was going on. And thus you have half the Bible. The, the epistles in the Bible, all these what we call books, are really letters that Paul wrote to these places to encourage them, challenge them, correct them, whatever. And in 1 Corinthians, he wrote to Corinth because they had sexual immorality in the church. In the second book, which we're going to be here, he wrote to validate his ministry, but he also wrote about an offering he wanted them to take. This is the longest passage he uh, taught on giving. And what happened was there was a church in Jerusalem that Paul was taking collection from all his churches to help this other church. Just like we gave to Houston and Florida, over $300,000 y'all gave to the, to the hurricane relief. Can y'all give yourself a hand for that? Amen. So it was like, look, we got to help our brothers and sisters, and y'all gave generously. Same type of thing. And so what he said, what he, when he wrote this letter, he said to the Corinth church, listen, you guys made a commitment to give. I'm sending Titus and two other people ahead so you can start praying and prepare. So when I come to collect it, you already got a gun. You don't have to, you know, be feeling uh, obligated or feel like, you know, there's pressure. I want you to pray about it. And so in this passage, he's given them principles about giving, and he's actually going to come later and take a collection for another church. And he's also going to bring with him people from the Macedonian church who also gave. And so the reason I'm bringing this up, because that's exactly what we're doing. On, in two weeks, we're going to take an offering for not only all the ministries that I mentioned, but also for the church so we can plant a church and get a building in San Ysidro so we can have ministry seven days a week instead of them being in church just one day a week. So let's read it. Chapter 9. Say amen if, I'm, say amen if you're tracking with me. Are you all tracking with me? Okay. Look what it says in verse 9, uh, chapter 9, verse 2 Corinthians 9, verse 5. He says, Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go ahead of time 
and prepare your generous gift beforehand. He's like, hey, be generous, y'all. Which you had previously promised. You already made a promise. And it was already generous when you promised it. That it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not grudging obligation. It is so, 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 so important. If you ever take a, a, a class on public speaking, the slower you speak, the more people listen. <laughs> and when you pause, they're like, what's he going to say next? <laughs> it is so important that when you give your time, your resources, that you do it because God, the Holy Spirit, has prompted you. Are you following me? That you don't feel, oh, I got to do it. No. Man, I get to do it. So you got to pray, Lord, help me understand what the need is. Help me, speak to me. I want to do it because you told me, not because the pastor asked. I'm asking you to pray and do something, but I want the God of the Holy Spirit to, to affirm that. And look what it says in verse 6. He says, but this I say, he who sows or plants sparingly will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. If you plant one apple tree, you'll get one apple tree, and it will bear fruit on one apple tree. If you plant... 20 apple trees, you'll get apples from 20 apple trees. It's very simple. And when you sow or invest in the kingdom of God, you bear fruit, spiritual fruit that is proportional to your giving. That's just a principle of anything. It's a spiritual principle. It's a natural principle. Look what it says in verse 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Everyone say purposes in his heart. Or her heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. We know what cheerful giver. <laughs> not me. No, God, I don't know what you're gonna do. I don't know how I'm gonna uh, do without this, but I trust you. You gave me everything I got. Verse eight. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. In other words, God will take care of you way beyond you could ask or imagine. That's the, that's the walk of faith. So in a couple of weeks, we're going we're to take an offering, and again, it will be over and above your normal because this is all extra stuff. And I want you to just pray, look at that card, say, Lord, speak to me. If you made an all-in commitment, pray about finishing that up. But we're also investing in the next year. And every year we'll have an all-in offering just for the, the, the new projects or expansion over the, over the following year. Amen? Today is about San Isidro. San Isidro is a campus right down in South Bay. And, and we're going to hear from uh, Pastor Travis here in a minute. But watch this video and then they'll be out and they're going to speak to us and tell us what's going on down there. went to San Ysidro campus for about a year before we started serving. We didn't want to jump right into serving, but we felt this void. We felt we were kind of coming and going. And we really, like our heart's desire were to find friends. All of us are um, part of the cafe ministry, which is what I do, because we all get up together at six o'clock in the morning and we all go to the ministry center and pick up 
all of the products we need, the food, the coffee, creamers. the creamers. We get to church super early, make sure the coffee's hot, make sure the eggs are going on. We have an amazing cooking team which yes. does that. It seems silly, but it's just, we kind of <laughs> whistle while we work and we put music on and we're just like a family team that gets it done. So it's fun. I love that we do it as a family because I want to show my kids not only hard work, but I also want to show them how to be a servant for God. Really, the coffee is great, but it's just the excuse. It's just the vessel to be able to talk to people. The San Cedar campus is, is special because it's part of the Rock Church, but yet it's small enough where it feels like a family. Opening up a church in my hometown was exciting because if we were going to be reaching out to the people in that in that city, then I've you know I it's my hometown, so I feel like I'm part of it, and hopefully I would get to maybe one day minister to someone that I grew up with or I went to school with or give back to the community that I, that I grew up in. We go to church not to get but to give and the service is great and we get our daily bread from reading our word and, and praying together and being motivated by the service but then we get to give and be the hands and feet of Jesus and that's what we thrive on and that's why we show up every week and yeah. This is Pastor Travis <laughs> from the San Ysidro campus. Let's give him a big hand. What's happening? Amen. What's up, San Ysidro? So they just had their three-year anniversary of being in San Ysidro High School. And, and I'm going to let Pastor Travis give you an overview and introduce uh, these two people here. But one thing I want to say, there's many great things I can say about them, but I'll say you this. You say a lot. That's okay. I, I don't have, I'm not going to tell you all the time. Uh, but uh, they had their Toys for Joy event last year. They had about 1,000 people on Sunday. They had 1,000 volunteers for Toys for Joy. They had one person for every person in the whole congregation. That's amazing. Yeah, appreciate that. So introduce your, your team and... Yeah, I appreciate it. Hey, what's up, San Isidro? I want to say shout out to San Isidro. God bless you guys. Good to see you, family. Thank you for serving and all you do. What's up, Rock Church? Good to see you all. Uh, if I haven't met you, my name's Travis. I'm the campus pastor uh, at our San Isidro campus. I'm married, got two kids. We don't sleep because they're under two, but that's just a little bit about me. This is Becky, our Rock Kids director. This is Ariel. Becky, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. My, my name is Becky. I'm the Rock Kids director for two years now. And uh, have an amazing husband. We've been married for seven years. Two kids, like you said, six and three. Awesome. What's up, Poiloma? My name is Ariel. I have uh, one daughter. Um, I am not married. But God has definitely blessed me with an amazing, uh, beautiful girlfriend, Charlotte, right over there. I Good job. Good job. <laughs> He's just like, where's she at? I got to make she, sure she sees me. There you go. Good job. I serve with the portability team. I serve with the altar call team and pastoral support team. Amen. Yeah. So we've been on this journey. We just celebrated our three-year anniversary as a campus. And uh, it's, been, it's been wild and crazy. And it's been hard. These things are heavy. Mm -hmm. We're going to tell you more about this in a little bit. Um, but you asked me to kind of share, uh, you know, we, we, need a, we need a building. That's yeah, part of what, yeah. why we're here and we're excited about that. But the past three years have been incredible as well. Mm -hmm. And God's been putting something on my heart. I'm going to share something with you. Why don't you grab your Bibles if you have them, Rock Family. If you got your Bible app, you can... Bust that out. Go to Ephesians. Ephesians, the New Testament. Galatians, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going to just read two verses to you. Verse 31 and 32. Ephesians 5, 
verse 31 and 32. If you're there, say, got it. You got it. Good. This whole passage is, is about relationships and husbands and wives. And usually this is one that we use for counseling. And, and it's, it's a, a great picture of, um, of what we should do. Husbands and, and wives submitting to, to one another out of reverence for Christ. But I want to read verse 31. Paul describes the church. Here it is. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. All the married people say amen. 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 All the single people say I wish. I wish. <laughs> That's all right. And verse 32, here it is. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Pastor, when I first came to the Rock Church, um, I grew up saved, but when I came here, it was like I, I realized we offered something every night of the week. And, and some of you know that, and you might have been like I was. I was in everything. I was at college night. I was at singles night. I was at young adult night. I was right. I was at worship night. I was at, I was at everything. But we got to be careful. And if you're like me, we, we, or the temptation is to get caught up in doing church instead of being the church. Does that make sense? Right? And so I want, I want you to write this down. You might be in the church today, and this is in your notes. You might be in the church today, but not living as the church tomorrow. And that's a big difference. And, and in Scripture, we see the word church, the original word in the Greek is ekklesia. And I'll let you Google that because I'm not going to spell it. But ekklesia really just means God's gathering. It's his people. God's gathering of people. And it's less about where we meet, uh, even though we need a building. It's less about where we meet. It's more about how we meet. And so this is the second filling in your notes if you're writing things down. And, and they say 98% of people that take notes are more likely to go to heaven. So I'd encourage you, take some notes, right? That's a proven fact. Proven fact. So write them down. Write them down. Uh, you and I don't come to church to be spiritual consumers. You and I come to church, we become the church to be spiritual contributors. You and I don't come. We don't come to get. We become the church to, to give, to be a, a blessing. And that's why it's a mystery because sometimes we don't always get that right. And I want to unpack uh, Paul's mystery that he calls the church so that when we walk away today, you go, you know what, I get it. I understand what this is all about. I understand why Rock Church in the South County needs a building so that they can do more. And we're going to uh, unpack that with the stories of my friends here. I'm going to give you three Ps. They're, they're in your notes. The three Ps are this. The church has a purpose. The church has a, a potential. And the church has a promise. Now, Ariel... I'm going to hold it nice and close so everybody can hear you. Good, right? That's good, That's right, good. There. right there. Right there? Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Your story is all about purpose. You and I okay. met about a year ago. Yeah. October uh, 15th, to be exact. October 15th. That's yeah. good. We, we met in a park. Yeah. Now, you were there. You look, you look just as tough and rough as you do today. <laughs> a little bit tough. You were wearing your Lokes, your, your yeah. black glasses. I wore my Lokes, yeah. Your Lokes. That's a, that's a down south thing yeah. right there. You know about Lokes, Pastor? Yeah, yes, sir. Okay, that's it. He's from the streets. <laughs> He's from the streets. He's, I know about yeah. the Lokes. <laughs> but when I saw you, you were overwhelmed with life. Tell us what was going on. You just, he still. Hey, man, I, yeah. I, was, I was born that night, not last night. But oh, yeah. come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. All right. I get you. There we go. Yeah, so prior to me meeting Pastor Travis, my life really consisted of just a lot of drinking. I was drinking every day. I, I probably started when I was 13 years old. I was doing a lot of cocaine at the time. And I was working at a bar where it was a, it was a hangout for one of the most notorious biker gangs in the, in the country. And I started doing so much drugs, so much cocaine. I started selling cocaine to them. Um, and it, I just immediately got addicted to that, to that lifestyle. And this notorious biker gang was being watched, investigated yeah, by the FBI? Yeah, uh, by, by local, local law enforcement, FBI, DEA. They were, the they were whole thing. Being, yeah. Now, you weren't in the gang, but you were around them. You worked at the bar that they kind of took over. Yeah. And there's a word for... Like a hangaround? 
hang around. You hang around, you kind of see a glimpse of, t- of their lifestyle. So you were associated with that in some form and there were drug deals that went bad. You got in a fight with, yeah. with one guy. Yeah. He eventually became your, your, took your side because the president of the biker gang wasn't having it. He wanted free drugs. Yeah. So I actually got into a fist fight with, with one of them. And, you know, God turned that fight, turned that fist fight into a friendship. And I invited him to, to San Ysidro where he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Wow. Yeah. His family now is, is, is serving at the Rock Church. Um, unfortunately, uh, that same guy is incarcerated right now. He's uh, facing some pending accusations prior to him being saved. But, I mean, he's spreading the good news in jail, leading cellmates to Christ, playing Bible Jeopardy. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to clarify because we could say stuff, and sometimes you don't believe. I just say don't believe it, but you like want to take it in. So, uh, here's a gang. You're there. You get in a fight with a dude that threatens to kill you. They they threaten your life. Oh uh, yeah, that that or, that organization or club. Yeah, threaten they, they threaten my life. They threaten yes, your life. Yes. You go say, hey, look, I don't want to, and, and you make it with the guy, and then the guy who was involved in threatening your life, his group. His gang. Yeah. You lead him to the Lord. I lead him to the Lord. And now he turned he, into a friendship. And you, a friendship. And yeah. now he's in jail spreading the gospel. Yes. And in his jail. family serving in, in church. Yeah. Now okay. his family okay. is now serving I just want at the to Rock Church. You get all that because there's somebody yeah. in your life that's like, there ain't no way. Everyone say, ain't no way. Ain't no way. There's no ain't no way with God. Because ain't no way means impossible. And nothing's impossible with God. Are y'all following me? Okay. That's good. They wanted to take your life. They made plans for that. Um, and there was one more story. The, the, the president, you had an altercation with him. Yeah, so, yeah, so there was a, I guess you want to say a drug deal, a transaction that, that didn't go as planned. So at the end of the result, they were, they were threatening my life. They were threatening my family's life. And I was advised to leave San Diego until stuff cooled down. And they ended up at my work, a group of guys. And so I did what, you know, what I knew what to do at that time. And that was to get my boys, get our guns, and we were looking for a gunfight, you know, but God was, God was talking to me at that time. And, you know, mind you, I wasn't, I wasn't walking with the Lord, but God was definitely tugging my heart. He kept telling me, you don't need those guns. You don't need those guys. You have me. So I went in by myself. I went to talk to the president. And a guy, that, uh, a guy in that caliber, you don't just talk to him by, by himself. He walks around with associates, bodyguards, but I was able to talk to him by myself and, you know, coming into that, coming into that uh, conversation, I thought it's either he was going to punch me in the face or I was going to punch him in the face. But God had a different plan and we walked away shaking hands and just squashing the beef. Wow. And that was definitely, definitely a God moment. Absolutely. It was a God moment for sure. So I find you in the park and you're, you're weeping. You're, you were probably intoxicated at, at yeah, that time. I was super drunk. And you were overwhelmed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, not la- we're not laughing just because it was funny. We're laughing because you, you, now you know Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And so we prayed together. You accepted Christ. And fast forward, that, that guy that we just talked about comes to our church. You lead him to Jesus. And now what are you doing in, in ministry today? Uh, so right now I serve at uh, 10 a.m. as altar call. I serve at the 12 p.m. as DFP, which is a designated first person. That's the, uh, I oversee the pastoral support team for the 12 p.m. service. <laughs> at 6 p.m., I serve as a co-lead at, as a portability team. 
Wow. Yeah. Come on. That, that means he's overseeing people's lives being changed. That's awesome. Amen. What's I, the, I counted three ministries there. Was that three? That's the three. 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 Uh, and don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Everyone there. say, don't raise your hand. Watch people raise their hand. How many of you are not doing anything? Okay. That's it. That's Thank all I want. <laughs> I know you're all like. God gave you a verse that really just summarizes your life. You want to read that verse or you have it memorized? Yeah, so uh, the verse is Romans 8.28 and that, that's really been speaking to my heart. And what it says is all things work for the good to those that love him uh, according to his plan and his purpose. And what Apostle Paul is trying to say there is, you know, that verse doesn't apply to everybody. You know, so whatever you're going through, whatever struggle, because um, he was able to use my addiction to, to alcohol, to cocaine, to lust, to porn. He was able to use my divorce uh, for his good. Amen. Amen. If you've ever walked into the church and went, man, what's this all about? What do we do? What's the purpose of it? This is it right here. This is exactly what we do. Lives are changed for Jesus and they're compelled away from the old life and into the new miracles that God has. And what he was referring to, the verse doesn't apply to you. What the verse says that, that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things will work together for good as long as you love God. Amen. If you continue to reject God, things don't work out. Things don't work out. But if I say, Lord, no matter what your life has been through, if you say, Lord, I'm going to start loving you and I'm going to start doing what you say, he will turn all the drama in your life that you created into, and he'll use it for good in your life. But if you just say, God, I'm going to reject you, bad things happen. And you can die without God and be eternally separated from God, which is not a good thing. Are you all following what I'm saying? Okay. I want to get to Becky. And Becky, your story is all about uh, the potential of what could be. Why don't you share with us how you got here and what God's doing? Sure. So before I had a relationship with the Lord, uh, I would say I was definitely of the world. I was caught up in the comparison trap and perfectionism and just focused on my own goals and accomplishments. And uh, in the midst of all that, I had an aunt who uh, loved the Lord very much. She was like a second mom to me. And she was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. I never smoked or drank a, a day in her life, but somehow that happened. And... Um, and she eventually lost that battle, but the peace that she had during that time is what drew my attention. And I was like, what is that? That's what I've been looking for. So, so you, you came here to the Rock Church, you and your husband, you got saved here, ended up serving in Rock Kids. And then San Isidro pops up and it's right down the street from your house. You started serving. Um, and then tell me about that journey. It was funny because it popped up literally three minutes from our home, yet we were very comfortable here at Point Loma. We, uh, you know, we're very, we had our schedule. I was serving, my husband was serving, and, um, you know, we were, we were trying to avoid the calling, but when, the first time we went there to go check it out was a training, and we actually were the only ones who had experience serving in Rock Kids, and he was like, great, you're the trainer. <laughs> <laughs> so that was confirmation that God was calling us God to. God was using you. Yes. I like that word you use, comfortable. How many like to be comfortable, right? <laughs> yeah, comfortable is nice, but God tends to work in the uncomfortable. And, and so he called you into something really special. And we got to know you and there was a transition on our team. There was an opening as the Rock Kids director. And I think the Lord spoke to my wife, Vanessa, and I, and we knew that it was going to be yours. You took the job. Tell me day two on the job what God did. Day two, 
um, was a staff meeting. It was awesome. I got to meet everyone. Everyone was so nice. Um, but what really blew my mind was, Pastor Miles, you were actually commissioning um, female pastors, Pastor Karen, Pastor Debbie, Pastor Teresa. And I, I didn't even know that was possible. Um, I was super encouraged to know that I belong to a church where women were called into leadership that way. And, you know, the Lord just kind of pulled on my heart a little bit there. That's awesome. I bet there's people here, not just in Point Loma, but those that are watching with us in, in different campuses where God may be speaking something to you right now. And you're thinking, God, can do, God can't do that in my life. You, you're not, you don't believe what, what I did last week with all that stuff. I, I can't imagine God using me. But, but here, Becky is saying, no, there's, there's more to it. There's more to the story that there's more possible. What's the verse that God gave you? Um, the verse God gave me is Mark 9, 23. Everything is possible for the one who believes. Amen. And uh, what I got from that was basically that it's not about my plan or what I have, you know, figured out. It's all about allowing, per my purpose is to allow God to work through me and obedience and everything he's called me to be. And I want to challenge a few, a minute ago I asked how many were serving, not serving at all. Um, I really do want you to think about that, uh, that God wants to use you somewhere. This all happens because thousands of people are giving up their time. And so if you want to know what um, opportunities there are, we have a number uh, you can text SERVE to 52525, text the word SERVE to 52525, and find out all the needs that we have. I promise you there's something that God has designed you to do, and that's when you're going to be most fulfilled because a fulfilled Christian is not someone who just receives information, but God uses that information to transform you and then to serve other people. Amen. Amen. I, I want to I show you something. When we, when we, we literally rolled in here, uh, we brought this, this case, and you've been looking at it and probably thinking what it is. And we have 64 of these cases at Rock Church San Ysidro. Pastor, we have a team that rolls in at 4.30 in the morning to park their cars and pick up trailers. Uh, we have two trucks, four trailers, two big storage containers behind the school, and all these cases come out. And we unload them to do this, to do church, because we don't get to stay there uh, every single day of the week. And so first we just want to say, can we, can we just thank the, the portability teams on their call? Can we give them a hand? Watch this. How many of y'all would love to get up and be there at 4.30 in the morning? I didn't think so. Was it elbow above the ear? Like, hey, man. No. Hey. <laughs> What's negative that? There we go. I'm going I'm to open this up. And originally we wanted Pastor Ricky to jump out, but we thought that'd be weird for East County. <laughs> <laughs> but all the ministry comes out of this, and we have 64 of these cases. They don't just, just show up. We gotta, and, and they're heavy. You saw Ariel and I trying to you know, push this thing and move it around, and it's loaded with equipment and toys. And here's a Rock Kids toy that they don't just get placed there. Someone has to get there early and, and do this. And there's so much ministry that comes out. I, I put these gloves in here because uh, some people are literally, they're, do, they're, they're in it. They're putting the gloves on. They're pushing. The, my mother-in-law pushes a case. Your mother-in-law mother pushes a case? I didn't make her to do it. She's I not, know you can have mother-in-law push cases. I'm not in trouble. She wants to do it. I'm not in trouble. But Rock Church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> someone's mother just like, I wish you would. Wish you would, right? I will cut you. I will cut you. Come on, come on. We got street signs and toys and production equipment and all of this. Uh, becomes a church. Uh, there's, a, there's a verse where uh, in Matthew 16 where Jesus looks at Peter and says, on this rock, I'll build my church. And so here we are, Rock Church San Isidro, building literally a church. And people's lives are being changed. Their families are being changed. They're getting baptized. Amen.
You got some pictures? Picture. Yeah. I want to show you a picture of Ariel, his life being changed. This is him getting baptized. The, the, the wrong picture. That's another guy getting baptized. <laughs> That was a good-looking brother, though. It was a good-looking brother. I don't know who that was. But. That was after he went to Hawaii. He that had was been to Hawaii a couple of years. <laughs> before, I was after Christ. He looked just glowing. Yeah, yeah. This is you. You're just bawling your eyes out, just all, all wrecked up and jacked up for Jesus. And then here is him two weeks ago baptizing other people. How cool is that, man? Here's a picture of Becky. This is Becky. Are we going to throw that one up there? So we got pictures of Becky doing the same thing. And there's so much ministry going on there. There's Becky baptizing one of her kiddos. We have uh, so 58. many kids. 58? 58 kids baptized. One of them was my own son last week. Come on, that. how about that? You know, what, you know what Jesus promises to do, what he promises to do through, through, through us when we proclaim his name and all this happens and all this happens, he builds his church. And that's why we're here, Rock Church, to, to, to do that, to proclaim Jesus to the world. That's why we have a campus pastor in San Ysidro. And that's why we need a permanent building to do more of that, to do more of that. And so here's what we're going to do. In a minute, uh, I'm going to pray and we're going to give anybody who needs an opportunity to join the church, Jesus' church, to do that right now in, in, in all of our campuses, those that are watching online. I'm going to pray that prayer. And some of you think, well, I know who the Lord is. I've walked away. Today's the day to come back. Some of you are going to serve. Some of you are going to give like you've never given before. Some of you are going to invest like you've never invested before. And on, on November 12th, I think the day is, you're, you're going to come say, I just want to invest and be a part of building the church because I love what's happening and I love being a part of this. You get to take credit for what God is doing because he invites us to be a part of that. Why don't you bow your heads and we're going to pray together right now. All across our campuses in San Marcos and East County and City Heights, down south, those that are watching online, Everybody just, we're going to pray together. Lord, we thank you today that we get to be the church. You've called us to be people that don't just come and consume, but go outside and live as your hands and feet, Jesus. We thank you that you came and died for us. As everybody's heads are bowed, as everybody's eyes are closed, if you need to receive Jesus and meet him today and invite him to be your Lord and Savior, we want to give you that chance right now, and you can pray this prayer in the quiet of your heart. Just pray, dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner, that I've let you down. And Father, I believe that you sent your son, your one and only son, to die for me in my place. And I believe, God, that you raised him from the dead, and I invite him into my heart. Jesus, take over. Holy Spirit, fill me up to the fullest measure. Make me a new creation. Or whether you prayed that prayer as a prayer of salvation or maybe you're coming back to Christ and you're praying that as recommitment. In just a few moments, I'm going to invite you to stand. And if you're at your campuses, I'm going to count to three. And when I finish, there's going to be a pastor there that's going to pray with you. He's going to encourage you. They're going to celebrate you. And we're going to do that right here as well in Point Loma. And so if you prayed any one of those prayers to recommit to Jesus and say, Lord, I want to be a part of the church. I want to be a part of what you're doing. I believe in Jesus because there's no other name than the name of Jesus. And I want him in my life. I want his power. I want his grace. I want all that he has to offer me. On the count of three, I'm going to invite you to stand. One, two, three. Stand to your feet right now. Go and stand to your feet. All across the room, go and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. If you're choosing Jesus today, you're choosing Jesus standing right now saying, Lord, I, I confess you're my Lord and Savior. 
I confess that I need you right now. I want to give you a few moments to respond. If you need the Lord, just say, Lord, I need you. I'm standing right now. I'm, I'm moving away from my current circumstances into the promise that you have for me to do more, to fill me with your life. If you need him today, just go ahead and stand right where you are. A few more moments. There may be somebody here. Maybe you're, you're, you're a woman and you heard Becky's story. Amen. God bless you. We hear him. God bless you. Stay standing. Amen. Amen. Stay standing, please. Stay standing. Amen. Stay standing. Amen. Thank you. Stay standing. Amen. 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 In a minute, we're going to give all those people that prayed, and even if you haven't stood yet, in a minute, we're going to clap and celebrate you. If you prayed any one of those prayers, we want to invite you to come down. And don't leave here without getting that peace and that, that prayer. We want to pray a blessing on you. And so if you're here, you can grab your stuff. You can bring someone with you. We've got a team member to walk you down. If you're standing, would you come on forward and rock church? Can we give them a hand? Can we celebrate their decision? Amen. Let's give them a hand as they make their way forward. Amen. They're coming forward. Amen. If you're in the back, you can walk up. They'll lead you forward. Amen. we got people coming down right now. Let's celebrate their decision in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can I say, shake your hand, brother. God bless you. Would you come right here in the middle? You want to shake Pastor's hand? Amen. There we go. Amen. You can just face us. Yeah. You stay right here. We got one more coming down. Let's give her a hand as she makes her way. Amen. You can face me. You can face this way. So you don't have to face, face to look at everybody. Can I shake like your hand? God bless you. God bless you. Would you come right here? We want to, let's shift right here. Let's come right here. Would you come right here? Come join me. We just want to speak some life over you and, and let you know that God loves you so much. He loves you so much more than you can probably imagine. That is the, the good news of Jesus. He loves you where you are, but he wants to grow you, and God's got a plan for you. And so we're going to pray that as a promise over your life and encourage you right now. And all of our family is going to do that with me. We're going to pray together. And we're also going to bind Satan because just as God has a plan, Satan's got a plan to take you out. And so we're going to bind him in Jesus' name and speak life and wholeness and truth and know that when we're in Christ, old things have passed away, new things have come, and his spirit is living and alive and empowering you. So as you leave today, don't be surprised if you get new thoughts and you begin to see things the way that only Jesus does. And that's good news for me. We're going to pray right now. Rock Church, would you just stretch a hand out over our friends? And if you know somebody who needs to be down here and you're thinking of them right now, would you at the same time pray for them, pray a prayer and a blessing over their life? Let's pray for our friends. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your body, your church, your people, Lord. And all across our campuses, people responding to you. Those that are watching, they're responding right now. We thank you, Lord, for their decision to lean in as you're leaning back and freeing us from all that, uh, Lord, that we need freedom from. Holy Spirit, would you fill up our friends in the fullest measure? Give them a new mind, a new spirit. Strengthen them. I pray you'd renew their thoughts. And would you give them a craving for your word, Jesus? I pray that the old things would literally fall away. Satan, go in Jesus' name right now. Satan, you have no place over our friends. Heavenly Father, these are your sons and daughters all across the campuses choosing you today. And we thank you for them and their lives. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's give them a hand, Rock Church.
Would you come right this way here? Would you come this this way here? Amen. Let's give them a hand as they make their way out. Come on. Pastor Marcus. Hey, can you give these two a big hand for their, their testimony today? Amen. <laughs> Pastor Travis. God bless y'all. Feel free to have a seat. Just a couple of reminders before we officially dismiss. Just a reminder that every Sunday or the first four Sundays, not today because it's the fifth, we have our life class. So today's our fifth Sunday, so no life class today. We start up next week, next Sunday, for the L portion of our life class, which is loving relationships. Also, every Saturday from 9 to 10, we are here having our prayer service. We invite you to come to be a part of what God is doing here. If you haven't been, come. Challenge yourself to come, and we, we know that you will be blessed by doing it as well. When you guys leave, there's a big wall out there, and we would love for you guys to take a moment and write down just a, a, an encouraging story or a moment or a memory, something that God has done through you here at the Rock Church by being all in and being a part of what God is doing. So do me a favor, right afterwards, go ahead and, and, and take a look at that wall, put something encouraging on, and you guys, may God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Don't forget, Jesus loves you. Have a great Sunday. God bless you guys.